Hello, everyone. I am Anka Petra, founder at Medrise Studio, and it is my privilege to serve as your moderator for today's discussion on the potential of blockchain technology within the pharmaceutical sector. Um, today, our panel will delve into blockchain's capacity to create trust, transparency, and also patient-centric data access in the pharmaceutical industry. We'll be discussing, of course, the opportunities, the challenges, and the forward-thinking perspectives on these emerging technologies. So with us today, we have three distinguished panelists who are respected leaders in their field. I will start with Natalia Sofia, Digital Patient Access Manager at Takeda. Disa Lichun, currently serving as Head of Integrated Clinical and Operational Analytics at Janssen Pharmaceuticals. And of course, Daniel Fritz, the Executive Director of the Pharma Ledger Association. Welcome to you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Daniel, I would like to start with you because we, as we look at the growing um, place that blockchain is taking in healthcare and pharmaceuticals, um, and with your experience at Pharma Ledger Association, could you offer us a specific example of successful blockchain implementation in this field? And to follow up on that, what would you say are some of the key success factors in this industry? Sure, I'll do my best. So I think the example, I mean, the most current example that we have with the Pharma Ledger Association is around our electronic product information uh, product. And uh, it is currently um, technically live and ready for piloting in multiple markets. Um, it has been a long road, though. It's not easy to get to this point. And there are, as you mentioned, several factors that, um, that need to be aligned uh, to make such a, a thing a reality. And uh, I think, you know, the, uh, and I think both Natalia and Disa can, uh, uh, were part of this journey that we started with Pharma Ledger several years ago. And, um, and I think we got many points right. I mean, one is basically having a common vision around what the possibility and what the value is, not only for, for, for all different stakeholders that are involved in healthcare. So, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that common vision is, is, is key uh, as, as a guiding light um, that's going to lead us um, on the journey. The, uh, I think the second big uh, factor is kind of the culture that needs to come. It's a collaborative culture. So we're, you basically have to uh, be convinced that working together is going to bring you farther than going it on your own. May take a little bit longer, might have to do some compromises and things like this, but ultimately uh, that is the, the way to achieve or to address these problems which can't be uh, addressed alone. Um, the other one is um, kind of the right expectations. You know, the, the pharmaceutical industry or healthcare doesn't change overnight. So um, having the right uh, time frame, we're talking about a strategic or several year time frame for for the value of these solutions to actually fully be realized is is uh, the expectation that needs to be set. It's not going to happen by the fourth quarter, as uh, you know many times projects are done today. But um, in addition to that, I mean, of course, like any initiative, you need to have resources, you need to have sponsors. We were very fortunate with the Pharma Ledger project to have both um, public and private funding and in-kind resources from all of our um, uh, uh, industry partners. So that, that's, of course, a, a critical factor. 
And I think um, also, um, lastly, I think the, the thing was really um, to focus on, on areas that are, are, are of real value, that have a real value proposition, not incremental benefits, 5% uh, or 10% or something, but creating new capabilities or something that uh, is um, going to pay it back itself multiple times in the future. So having that real value proposition, which is then attractive, of course, to the sponsors as well. So I think that's kind of, in a nutshell, really, uh, many of the, the key factors or core factors that we've been addressing for success in Farm Ledger Association. I would like to address the question of the value proposition in, in just a bit. But before that, maybe Natalia or Disa, you have different or complementary perspectives on what would be the key success factors for implementation in the pharmaceutical industry? Um, yes, um, perhaps I can, um, first of all, echo what Daniel mentioned. It's really important to create this collaborative spaces, especially when we're tapping into a very innovative concept or new emerging technologies. Three more points um, I may add um, on top of what um, Dan mentioned is the first thing is it's really important to ensure that the evolving pace and this rapidly evolving pace of blockchain technology still meets the business requirement within the healthcare industry. We have two different paces. So definitely the pharma industry and the pharma ecosystem is evolving uh, relatively slow, right? We have a lot of um, sensitive um, and restrictions, right? As we deal with patients and treatment and everything. So I, I think we need to very carefully recalibrate every time um, the stage of the technology and their possibilities in alignment with the business requirement that we want to bring forward in order to create this value. The second piece I would say is um, definitely address an unmet need or making sure that we improve uh, or we bring solution to an existing um, problem or restriction. And lastly, something that I can bring from my personal experience and interaction within uh, the Pharma Ledger project the past year, it was key to incorporate the patient voice early on in the development, like really bring this external aspect outside the healthcare or pharma umbrella, if you wish, and really bring that perspective. For me, at least, it really made a difference on how we deliver the solutions. Besides, and if, is there anything you'd like to add? Yes. Um, yeah, just to concur with my uh, panelists, I, for me, it's also about, you know, the value that we bring to the different stakeholders. And I think it's looking at some of the solutions that potentially there's none out there. And this is where potentially where we can see um, a way that we can implement or adopt a solution like this. Because what we faced right now is that in the pharma industry, we have a lot of the uh, technologies that we already have in place. I mean, trying to replace those, I mean, there, it takes a huge change management effort. So it's not something like a, a quick and easy uh, to be done like Dan was uh, alluding. I mean, this is more about, you know, is there is a, um, not just showing the return on investment, which of course is critical, but you know, we have also other technologies. So how do we place blockchain on top of all this and how we compare it? Uh, because we're already using solutions that are non-blockchain. So it's more identifying really the key use cases where actually blockchain will provide that value. And, and of course, um, ensuring that we have the right communication, but also 
um, you know, uh, talking to this, the leaders, the right leaders, where you know we can spearhead some of, a lot of this adoption and implementation of some of the solutions. But like Dan said, you know, with the uh, PLA, the former ledger association, I mean, we're seeing that trend. I mean, of course, there's some key use cases and solutions that we're building. And it's great to see that there's that industry collaboration because part of the blockchain or the beauty of blockchain is that, um, you know, how we can share information across uh, the different companies, uh, share also some of these um, solutions that we can reuse and not to try to build this uh, from the start, because I think that's the beauty of, you know, bringing a technology like this, because I don't think there's other technologies that we do uh, or able to do this. This is very interesting because in different ways, you all talk about the notion of value. What's the value proposition of blockchain in the pharmaceutical industry? And this is a very interesting debate to have because you can see it from multiple perspectives. It can be value for patients. It can be value for the pharmaceutical business. It can be even value for um, the technical aspect, what does blockchain bring that other technologies don't? Um, so maybe uh, if we go back to Daniel and then Natalia and Disa, what is each one of your perspective on what is the value proposition that blockchain brings to the table in pharma? Uh, I, I, you know, coming back to the to the um, uh, the first question, but to, to to lead in here, you know, one thing we've learned is that uh, we don't. Uh, or starting with the technology in the discussion is not really the right way to go. You know, the we when we started with the farm ledger, we had we had titled it blockchain enabled healthcare, and we realized uh, when we start with with the technology, people you know are not really excited or you know, and uh, they're starting to talk about Bitcoin and things like this. This is the wrong discussion to have. Um, and then over the time through the project, we we adapted that and said, you know, so okay, let's talk about a digital trust ecosystem. Let's talk about um, you know an ecosystem which is in healthcare that uh, where where we have different participants, independent participants using standardized platforms for mutual benefit. And that's um, that's actually a much better way to approach this discussion. Talking about what the you know the what the solutions or what the benefits are. Um, rather than we're using blockchain for something. So, you know, from a uh, from a patient perspective, which is absolutely right from DC, you know, this is, uh, um, I think we're, we're all patients and um, uh, we can kind of imagine or everybody struggles currently, I think, with the processes and the procedures and, 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 and also um, the challenges that healthcare provides. And from a patient perspective, um, I think, you know, having privacy in, in the interactions, uh, a trusted privacy preserving solutions, you know, so if I'm, if I'm accessing product information, if I'm searching over a web browser or something like that, there's probably a lot of third parties that now know exactly what disease I have. And that's uh, uh, very private information and, uh, and, and it's probably going to be shared or something like that. So, um, there's that, that, that aspect of it, but there's also the aspect of convenience. I mean, one of our value propositions for electronic product information is that uh, rather than having different national systems or regional systems, we have one system that can scale globally. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you could have you can use the same solution 
to access the product information in 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 your language and in the 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 country's own language so that that scalability you know without having to implement multiple systems uh for for each uh country or something like that is a, is a huge potential value i mean I, I say you know we're 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 ready with epi to start our piloting phase and everything like that but we already have it ready for 30 countries and uh you know that includes the data privacy impact assessments and the language and everything like that and the the incremental effort to open this up for other countries is 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 really minimal, and that is a I think a huge benefit you know in terms of the cost. We we can look also about you know elimination of waste in the future if we can remove paper and um, and um, and streamlining the approval processes of, for product information. But I think um, I think that it's clear that uh, that the. This this is an overwhelming value proposition, which which can justify a strategic investment um, in in terms of time, resources, and cost. And Natalia, you you talked earlier about the fact that um, blockchain can bring a lot of value when it comes to transparent sharing of patient data, and this is something that you've just mentioned now, Daniel. Uh, yeah. But you also mentioned the fact that it brings value for the pharmaceutical business. How do you tie these two things together, uh, Natalia? Um, thank you, Anka. Well, this is um, this is a great question. It's and it's um, you know a matter of uh, clarifying, as Daniel mentioned. You know, what's the driver of your value proposition? Prioritize to whom you want to bring the value to, because um, one aspect that you know, I came to realize throughout my involvement into the blockchain project is um, that the, the challenge that in order to have a full-scale adoption and value creation of blockchain within the pharma is the willingness of pharma to decentralize. Because historically, all, all the key players, right, in the healthcare industry, um, they have, they're accustomed of, let's say, having the full power, use centralized system and have control over the system. So uh, unlocking the full, full value of the blockchain um, is, is certainly, you know, requires um, that pharma dilutes a bit the concept of centralization and steps more into a collaborative space um, on the consensus space um, gradually, of course, because we have a lot of um, different um, aspects to cover, especially when it comes to sensitive uh, data and, and privacy. So on, on one thing, on one aspect, I would see that it's necessary that pharma steps a bit out of the current model. And on the other hand, uh, connecting this back to the different stakeholders that we want to bring value to, um, I would definitely foresee a benefit of expanding the sources of personalized medicine and kind of disrupting the current model of real world data and real world evidence generation. So, uh, to your point, creating value for research uh, groups, NGOs, pacing themselves and kind of going into a consumer to consumer kind of model basis. That it's enabled through blockchain, through the transparency and auditability that blockchain can bring. There's a field where transparency and data sharing seems really important, and that is clinical trials. I see Disa laughing, maybe you, you knew that I was going into that direction. Um, What's interesting is that I remember four or five years ago, the first time I met with pharmaceutical companies to talk about blockchain, 
the people from clinical operations were always telling me, we struggle to understand what's the value of this technology? How can we use it? So maybe I'll turn it to you. How would you explain to your colleagues who are new to this topic, why they should use this technology and what it can bring to them? Yeah. Um, thanks, Anka. And I think, um, you know, you also, well, we've been in various discussions on this. And, and of course, uh, we recently also co-wrote the book on the digital health and patient data empowering patients in the healthcare ecosystem. And it's all about transparency. It's all about sharing the information. And it's also about empowering patients to own their data and knowing who have access to their data. So if I have to explain to my colleagues, and like Dan said, yes, we all patients today, you know, uh, anyway. And do I have access and visibility to all my data? No, to be honest. Even if I live in, uh, in, a, in a country where we have a national health systems, uh, it's still disparate. I mean, even with, within the different health fields, there's not even sharing of information. And, and I think that's the struggle as a patient. Like if you want to have a full record of your, your information, um, usually you know, it's down to the patient to actually be proactive and trying to gather that information for yourself. And especially if you have a critical condition or a rare disease, it becomes more important than you be more proactive. And, and to Natalia's point, you know, when we're looking at real world data and, and potentially using personalized medicine, I mean, this becomes very critical that we actually have access to that information. So as a patient, um, I would say, you know, using blockchain, what it provides is that the centralization, what Natalia was talking about, of accessing the data uh, easily, quickly. And it's, um, it's also about ensuring that there's that data quality uh, in place, that you also have visibility of who has access to your data because it should not be allowed to everyone. So that's that, that data privacy component of it. And of course, that transparency to yourself, but also, you know, if you're a caregiver, uh, to be able to have access to the information that, um, you know, for, for your, you know, children or parents or whoever, just to support them. So I think this has become very critical when we look at that. And, and the good thing is that, yes, there's been a lot of discussions around this, and I've seen some companies who are starting to do this. I mean, there's been some proof of uh, concept that I've seen as well, just looking and grabbing data from EHR and how can that surface for uh, research purposes. So there's some exciting activities uh, happening out there. And I, and I think, um, it, you know, it's just a lot of these are kind of like uh, new companies and startups. And I, I would like, you know, to basically support these companies because I think, you know, what they have in mind and what they're building is just the future. And the question is whether we are ready, right? Because again, it's that change management. I mean, it's not just the industry, patients itself who are not technologically savvy or, you know, how can we ensure that you, you know, we bring the community together and that ecosystem just to ensure that we're able to deploy solutions like this that will benefit them. Well, I know that a couple of years ago, this, the, the topic of blockchain innovation in pharma was mainly championed by this Web3 enthusiasts and people like, like all of you here, who are knowledgeable about blockchain and who understand the value and who want to implement it. Um, do you agree with this observation? Do you think it's still the case today? And if so, how come it's only limited to a handful of people? Any of you who wants to answer? <laughs> um, maybe I'll, I'll start, I mean, 
I I asked the question at a at another conference one time about uh, I you know it presented blockchain. And I said so so what do you think? It was an online poll. Uh, you know, is it going to transform your the way you work, or is it uh, not going to do anything, or or wait and see? And and you know, probably 30, 35 percent, I think, of the people were like, um, "I'll believe it when I see it." You know, so it's really, I mean, and I and I know that you know, in the in the environment, it's like uh, people are pretty busy. They've got a lot of things to do. They work in very complex environments, and there's not a lot of you know, capacity to deep dive on on other technologies and everything like that, and 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 to investigate and become experts and and things like this. So so it is uh, not only for us in Farmer Association a challenge to ensure the awareness and education, you know, broadly and everything, but also within our existing members. You know, it's those are big big organizations. And and we 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 have we have to take efforts to ensure that there's awareness within the organization as well as uh, between different organizations. It's it's still a challenge. Lisa, Natalia, is there anything you would like to add? Um, perhaps on uh, the end of awareness and education, I think this is really important, especially because. It's a new concept that um, gained visibility and was brought in the spotlight very quickly. And this generates a lot of misconceptions sometimes of what blockchain can do or cannot do. Uh, even myself, I have a different you know, first impression of what such a technology can do. But when you take the time to educate yourself around from valid sources, um, you know, it really helps understand how this technology um, can be applicable in different industries in different type of use cases, right? Um, what I think it's um, still a challenge is to really bring forward uh, a tangible, um, let's say, um, application or use case that will bring this on the healthcare space to the majority of people. So you, similar to what we see with, of course, cryptocurrencies and exchanges, everyone can create a profile and start trading online. And they understand this value because it's tangible. Whereas if we bring this to our organization, then this changes because we don't have yet this um, large scale, let's say, um, unpopular use case that can expand you know, with a snap of a finger. So education along with something that can scale up easily as, as a concept, I think those are, you know, two challenges we need to work on. So it's interesting that you're talking about applications because let's try to draw a parallel between AI and blockchain. Um, we saw a massive uptake in AI uh, once it became very tangible with use cases like ChatGPT that was showing everyone what AI could do without having to explain what AI is. So in your perspective, what would be, what, what do you perceive as being the equivalent of a ChatGPT moment for the blockchain uh, community, especially in healthcare? Um, well, I'm, I'll start. Um, I, I think it's not, I wouldn't say there could be an equivalent. I mean, I think for me, blockchain is all about kind of like, if we put in layman's term, it's the platform. And we always talked about blockchain coupled with AI, what it could do. So now it's blockchain covered with, or, or on top of generative AI, which is the chat GPT. 
uh, I would say, yeah, that would be massive. Uh, that would be, um, I would say, generate maybe a better result compared to what current chat, chat GPT does because it's taking, you know, blockchain data that's been in a more consensus driven, that's been somewhat validated, that provides that data, uh, the auditorial uh, portion that makes maybe the data more, um, I would say, reliable potentially, because right now what we're seeing with ChatGPT, because it, it, it is based on the data that's in public domain. And some of the information might not even be embedded. So, so I think that's a problem that we're seeing right now that um, a lot of users who are um, querying questions and so on, um, they, you know, they, they should not take the, uh, the result as is. I mean, they, they should have a notion of what the topic is about because a lot of times, you know, what we find on the web is not correct. And this is what ChatGPT is about. So if we're putting blockchain and kind of like generative AI or ChatGPT-like on top of it, then the results will be massive. And I think this is where we see the value. Um, I'm not sure how far we are from achieving that, but it's definitely uh, very interesting. Daniel, um, would you say that um, electronic product information is sort of the low-hanging fruit of blockchain in pharma? Is that why you started with this use case at Pharma Ledger Association? Uh, it's. Uh, I would say yes. I mean, this is a this is a use case that uh, it takes about five seconds to explain it. You know, uh, instead of this big piece of paper, you can get it on your on your phone and. Uh, and so people get it, you know, like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't usually read that. I have a problem reading that. It's in the wrong language. I usually throw it away. You know, this this kind of thing. Uh, and we, I do think, you know, to to this kind of comparison with with a with AI or ChatGPT. You know, at one point we were thinking, you know, this could be this could be a killer app. You know, it could take the world by storm or something like that. And because you know, if I had an app and I could, if with one little scan of the camera. I could, you know, access the latest product information. I could verify the authenticity of the drug. I could get adherence reminders. I could get uh, recall notification or information updates or report side effects or add it to my electronic health record. I mean, that's amazing. That you know, that that that. I, why wouldn't that be, um, uh, you know, a, a killer app? But. Uh, the way it works is, you know, it, it's not something that scales uh, globally. It scales market by market. It, it needs regulatory engagement and, and everything. So it's not going to be, you know, explode. It's not going to be an explosion or anything like this. And even when it does uh, get wide adoption, EPI or other solutions or anything, I'm not too sure the patient's really going to care what's under the hood. You know, they're they're not. Uh, oh, it's a blockchain app. Well, they're not going to even see that it's a blockchain app. They're just going to say this thing works, and I think I, you know, I trust it that it's not using my information. You know, so it's not going to be like that wonderful feedback that uh, ChatGPT is giving you immediately. It's like, oh my gosh, this thing, this guy's really smart or girl. Um, it's uh, it's not. It's just going to be. Oh, it works. It's reliable, and I trust it. But um, whether or not it's a blockchain or some other technology uh, doesn't really matter to me. I, I just want the value from the, the solution. And we've kept on saying that the value of blockchain relies around trust and transparency. 
but those are not maybe things that we need in our daily lives. And what I mean by that is that for years, you have this um, people that do the alarm systems in apartments that tell you that you should equip yourself because it's for your good, it protects you. But for me, it took my neighbor uh, having a problem for me to equip myself because it happened next to me and I felt in danger. When you talk about things like trust and transparency and security, does it take for one to experience, um, you know, your data getting stolen or a data breach or something like that to actually realize that you might need these things? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I would say unfortunately, but um, but this is where you know we need to create more awareness and um, and to the point of you know blockchain. I mean, hopefully in the future people don't talk about it. I mean, it's just something that we do. Because um, even now with, um, you know, talking about security, transparency and all this, banks are using it. It's already on my phone. When I do transfers, it's already using blockchain technology. But do I know about that? No. You read about it if you search. But, you know, those are things that it's already out there and people are using it. They just don't know the behind the hood, like Dan said. I mean, they're not that interested. But I think, um, you know, again, just to the comments about, you know, the... Um, create more awareness. I mean, it's not just about blockchain itself, it's just any type of technologies that we use. And, and I think this is where maybe, um, you know, combining efforts with all this, what's happening on the uh, internet, the security, I mean, the latest news about data breach, um, even recently in the UK, um, all around, all our data has been breached or, or something along those lines. So. You know, it, it becomes so critical that, you know, um, that we have um, better security around our systems. And can blockchain provide that? I mean, it does provide um, that type of security. But, you know, again, it's just more like um, how we as an industry also ensure that we adopt the right tools going forward. Um, yes, and if I may add on that, um point, I also believe that um, as a patient or as a consumer, um, as of now, we didn't, we don't see uh, the full picture necessarily of how our data are being used. Even if when you log in or you browse, you, you don't really see what's happening behind the scene. So I think this is also something that we can combine. Oh, yes, being uh, in control over my data and who sees my date of birth or who doesn't right uh, or my or you know anything that by default this login with xyz um partner brings uh, into the picture i think um yeah we, we don't see this so i think this is also part of um unlocking the potential around uh security and trust and, and transparency not we haven't necessarily see the full spectrum of the issue that we are the product and so on yeah, that's an interesting point. Sometimes we try to provide a solution for a problem that we're not even aware that it exists. <laughs> um, there's also another aspect of the pharmaceutical industry um, that's regulatory compliance. Um, do you think that blockchain will is aligned with the regulatory requirements in the pharmaceutical industry? Or maybe is it even an asset that will enhance the way the pharmaceutical uh, industry could respond to some of those regulatory uh, things that it has to do. What What is your perspective on this? Maybe Desa, if you want to start. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's definitely a capability to support because, um, you know, blockchain has the, um, we mentioned about, you know, 
it's a provides that full auditor of the data provenance. And that's exactly what we need when we're doing clinical trials. I mean, we need to know where the, the source, uh, the main source, how the data is collected, uh, how is that being trans transformed, um, you know, because sometimes we have to apply the right standards when we're doing the submissions. So, you know, if we have those kind of like uh, the traceability of that data, I mean, this is exactly what we need uh, when we're doing clinical trials. So I would say, you know, blockchain is actually one of the, the, the good tools to have to support that. And, and this is where we actually start to investigate whether blockchain can be used in clinical trials. And that's where we wrote this, um, the white paper uh, through Fuse. Um, many of us were involved in that. And of course that formed part of the pharma ledger use cases as well, because it was looking at, can we from, at the time that we have patients or participants consent, tracking all that information and then collecting their data, um, you know, when we're doing the assessments and all the way to, you know, basically um, reporting that out to the authority. So we start looking at, you know, what the process would look like. And yes, we, we only did a initial pilot, especially on looking at the informed consent area and how we can bring that data in from patients, so we tested that, uh, which was successful. Um, but yeah, now we, we just haven't had the chance to say, okay, do we want to scale this up or not? Because again, we have to create that value proposition. Um, but yeah, definitely blockchain will be one of the, uh, the good tools to use for, for this purpose. So if each one of you could rate um, the level of awareness and education in pharma from one to 10 and uh, how uh, much of a priority blockchain is in each one of your companies from one to 10, what would you say? Maybe Daniel, you could start. Well, okay, so my company <clears throat> is uh, uh, the Pharma Ledger Associates. So all, all, all our members are, they're all tens, uh, uh, the individuals there. But I think it depends on the organization that, uh, that they belong to. So it probably ranges from, you know, a three or so up to a 10, you know, and I, like I said, if you've got an organization with a hundred thousand people, um, there's not—they're uh, not all on the same level of awareness uh, concerning blockchain, and that you know whatever the case, there's still a lot of work to do, and 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 likely you know the the we we will need some success and some proven value creation for that you know needle to really move in the right direction going forward. I guess what I'm trying to understand with this rating system is have we progressed in the last couple of years or are we still in quite low levels of education if we look at the industry as, as a whole or are we able to prioritize this type of applications compared to others? Yeah, in my view, um, I, I mean, I think um, for the companies so involved in the PLA and basically part of the the solution that um, Dan was um, mentioning about the EPI, I think definitely there's that awareness, especially when we're looking at supply chain, the team who are working on that, I think there's definitely more awareness. But if you ask me whether the bigger organization, I mean, not just, you know, J&J, but, you know, the industry itself, what I've seen so far, um, it, when, you, when you look at uh, clinical development, um, are they aware? Um, maybe not so much. Why? Because there's not much POCs happening. There's not much pilots, there's no implementation because, you know, even though we have deployed some of the solutions like the uh, informed consent, 
uh, through Farmer Ledger and, and you know, being looking at which companies will be one of the first who would like to use in a real study. We haven't had that uh, situation yet. But, you know, um, again, I think, um, has it moved a lot, the needle? Uh, maybe not as much as I would like to. Um, so again, I, I think it takes like associations like the PLA and others similar to actually do more of this type of use cases that, that shows value for the organization, because this is where if you show value, most likely, yes, it will be implemented. Uh, Natalia, have you seen an evolution from the time you've been in this industry? So um, I would say it, it definitely ranges. Uh, people love success. So once you come forward with a success story uh, and, you know, um, an improved um, process or a streamlined operation, I think that we want more of this um, examples, right? So um, I would say people that are highly invested or working in the groups that are developing such a solution, uh, yes, they, they are aware, but then you see there's outside of this group, you see people that may not be aware of the concept at all. So it has to do, you know, awareness camp hand to hand with some um, proof of concept or with some success story that we can that we can share. And definitely, you know, move out from the theoretical concept that we may have as of now in some cases to the practical and tangible one and you know that you can wrap your head around mm -hmm. and if i may add you know also thanks to the nft you know the non-fungible tokens and when they went in the news regarding you know the sale of this digital kind of like art I mean, everyone was Googling like, okay, why this blockchain? I have people approaching me asking those questions. So I think it has, I think now people are asking the questions, but whether they know how it can apply, you know, for example, in clinical trials, I mean, maybe not so much, but I think the awareness is there. Um, but yeah, we can definitely do more for sure. Just, just maybe one, one, one point I know that, uh, you know, coming back to the, um, the point around awareness, I think what there is uh, definitely emerging and, and relatively quickly, at least in the supply chain uh, domain, is this concept of, you know, ecosystems, whether that is a, an enterprise ecosystem, you know, a big company that has a lot of companies engaged with it, or a platform ecosystem, where which is based on a, a solution. Um, these, uh, I think, supply chain uh, management is 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 getting quite convinced uh, that this is the way to to go forward in terms of getting and and resolving solutions and creating new 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 solutions to problems that that haven't been really addressed before. The the ecosystem is the first you know is the the first part of that. Now the technology that comes um, there to support that is is then secondary. So it's it's not you know we don't convince people about blockchain we convince people about ecosystem working together creating value together collaborating that's the that's I think the awareness that is continuously growing. Yeah, I think that we're all um, expecting for the moment where we can put out a solution and have people use it and be like, oh, by the way, it's using blockchain, but you don't need to know that because it brings so much value to you anyway. Yeah. Uh, maybe to, to close the, this panel, 
Um, what should we expect next? Um, you are all part of the Pharma Ledger Association. What is the next proof of concept project uh, use case that you guys are going to address? I, I guess I probably have the first answer to that. I mean, so um, what we're uh, focused on in addition to the uh, electronic product information is another one of the use cases uh, that we did in the in the project and that is traceability. So uh, traceability has lots of flavors upstream, downstream, commercial or clinical. Uh, but everybody knows that um, this is uh, really kind of the holy grail of, uh, of blockchain supply chain use cases in the pharmaceutical industry. And, uh, and there's been a lot of work done by many of our partners in this area. And it's something that, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We, we did it in the, in the uh, developed a demonstrator and, and have a lot of you know, proven pilot experience in, out there. So, so that's definitely uh, a key focus for the remainder of this year and into next year. And um, other than that, we're also looking at um, getting, uh, addressing some clinical um, uh, use cases. So to take forward like informed consent, uh, potentially part of with public funding um, to help support that in the future. Thank you, Daniel. Any closing remarks, Disa, Natalia? Um, perhaps um, when it comes to, you know, the, the use case or the new application that we might find, um, on the bright side, I think there's a lot of underexplored opportunities when it comes to, you know, proof of concept or um, experimentation. Uh, I would definitely foresee, um, besides the domains that um, Dan mentioned, uh, something around patient data and, and, and data that can be used to expand this um, research databases and, and disease um, um, exploration. But uh, it all comes down to awareness and education and how we can best position each application or each um, use case uh, in terms of um, value delivery and, and creation. And for me just to add, um, I, I do concur with also Natalia when you said the different use cases that we can, can tap in. And I would just ask that companies out there who are working on new use cases and looking at um, helping patients and empowering patients and building apps, for example, bringing uh, medical records together and sharing that in research. I mean, I think this is really one of the uh, uh, key elements that you know we all uh, been looking into, and and I know companies like, for example, Health Ready has been doing that, and working with um, some of the uh, cancer research. I mean, I would say you know it doesn't have to be a big, massive project. It could be more specific, targeted to a patient population that you want to support, and to build that out, and you know just start thinking about you know small rather than a, a big type of project, and and build that up because I think. You know, this is the only way that we can start showcasing the value that blockchain can provide. And it's more about um, what we bring to the patients as well, uh, especially when we're looking in the in the healthcare pharmaceutical industries, it's all centered around the patient. So let's just keep that in mind that, you know, bring them at the table when you're building something, make sure that you get the input, uh, make sure that the UI UX design is right, but of course, you know, applying all these uh, methodologies and blockchain as well, just to ensure that we can bring the data easily, quickly, but also reliable uh, that we can use for research. So thank you. 
Well, thank you all very much. Um, if I have to sum up some of the ideas that we discussed today, maybe the main one is around the value proposition of blockchain, or should I rephrase that and say the value proposition of a solution that is using blockchain because we're focusing on the solution rather than the technology. Um, this idea of an ecosystem and bringing decentralization to the pharmaceutical industry by involving patients more by thinking of the whole ecosystem rather than one company. Um, and maybe to finish off saying that awareness and education is still an important topic. We have the blockchain champions within each one of these companies, but we need to spread awareness a little bit more to have more adoption and make this technology a priority as well. Um, thank you so much, uh, Natalia, Disa, and Daniel, for your insights and for this conversation. It was a pleasure having you on this panel. And of course, thank you everyone who joined us today for your participation. Um, I hope you have a great time at the event. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.